Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Griefsters, I hope you're having an okay week. It has been particularly hot and sunny in uh, London, England uh, this week. And I was just thinking about if you have, if you're having an anniversary at the moment and everyone keeps going, oh, it's so lovely, it's so warm. I hope you're okay. Because sometimes when the spring comes around, it can be a bit, a bit tough if it's the first one and all the flowers are coming out and it's getting warmer and they're not there. So I'm just saying I'm thinking of you. It doesn't make it any easier or hopefully it doesn't make it any worse. <laughs> but I am thinking of you. And I hope if you're having a good day that you celebrate that too. I read a quote on Instagram recently about celebrating the good the good ones. And if you are an anxious person or you've lost someone, it can be hard sometimes to be like, oh, I'm actually feeling okay at the moment. So if you are feeling okay at the moment, celebrate it. Buy yourself flowers. Enjoy it. Because don't worry, you will probably have a bad day again so let's try and celebrate the moments where we're not not feeling too sad and not feeling too upset with what's happening to us um thank you so much for your amazing comments on the show so far and the new series it's been just wonderful hugely appreciated um you can follow us on twitter and instagram at the Griefcast to join the conversations guys um it's been yeah just wonderful so thank you very very much for all the comments we've had on the episodes so far and particularly on uh Puna's last week about mental health I know it was it was a tough episode a lot of people said that but I really appreciated you listening to it and and sharing it as well because obviously that's how this 
podcast continues. So if you have been enjoying it and you want to leave a review, that is obviously hugely appreciated. But if you've just been enjoying it, you just want to tell someone, that's that's massively appreciated. Um, basically, I appreciate you as listeners. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say really awkwardly. Thank you guys for listening. This week's guest is actor and writer Mark O'Sullivan. Mark is part of the Channel 4 comedy series Lee and Dean, where he plays Dean, uh, which is the uh, one with hair, if that helps. If you haven't seen Lee and Dean already, I, I can't recommend it enough. It is incredibly funny and it is available online as well. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a very strange and brilliant and beautiful thing and not what you expect from when you first start watching it. And it's absolutely amazing. Mark came in to talk to me about his parents. He lost his dad when he was 15 and his mum when he was 20. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm here today with actor and writer Mark O'Sullivan. Hello. Hello. (laughs) God, I do the worst intros. They're always so awkward. You'll recognise Mark if you saw his face. I don't know if you recognise his name instantly. from the. You would do. Oh, no, you might not because you do look actually quite different. From the very successful Channel 4 series Lee and Dean, uh, which, of course, you play Dean. And um, you, yeah, you don't look great as Dean. (laughs) Some people think I look really nice as Dean. Who is that? Someone on Twitter who doesn't have a real name. Said I, said I look lush. Lush? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many, did they have like three followers? No, they had no followers, had no followers. Uh, but I suspect they follow people in right. every sense. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, because the looking is quite extreme. And actually, when I'm, I'm, I am, guys, bragging, I am in the next, I'm in series two of Lee and Dean. Yeah. And when I had to go for the audition, I didn't know who you, <laughs> I was like, who's that guy? And then when you start talking, I was like, oh my God, that's Dean. Like, you look so different. That makes me so happy. Yeah. That's good though, isn't it? It's great because Miles, who plays Lee, you know, he just looks like Lee. He looks exactly like Lee. He's just a bald man. Yeah. Which, su- which makes it tricky is when you first meet him, you're expecting like Lee. And then he's very nice and, and lovely and, and kind and intelligent. And there's a little part of you that's like, but where's the scary man? <laughs> oh, he's there. He's there. He's there. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's not acting. Lying <laughs> just below the surface. <laughs> but you do look very different. Oh, thank you. That's good. I like, I like it when people say that. Yeah. Um, how did Lee and Dean come about? Because it's like an unusual story, I think. If you don't think. Yeah. Maybe you don't think that. You know yeah. what I mean? Compared to like, oh, we wrote a script. It's like. Well, and we sort of didn't really because it's yeah. improvised, as yeah. you know. As I know. As you know from coming and improvising. Um, how did it come about? We, Miles and I have always done lots of different characters. Yeah. And uh, Lee and Dean bizarrely started out as two Namibian canoe instructors <laughs> called Dieter and Patch. I'm, I'm glad that, that got changed. <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, that went, that fell by the wayside mm. some time ago. And their thing always was that they were really blokey blokes. Yeah. I don't know how many uh, Namibian men you've met. Not many. Not many. No. Go on, name one. I, I can't. No, well, there you go. <laughs> I don't know why I made you do that. Um, but uh, the Namibian men I've met, and I've met a few, um, have all been very kind of uh, masculine and macho. Right. And so Dieter and Patch were like that. Um, and they would fight constantly right. and it started as a play fight and then become a real fight and then just kick the shit out of each other and then they'd make love. <laughs> and uh, that was sort of the origins of Lee and Dean, two wow. blokes who couldn't... Couldn't quite say I love you. Yeah, mm. and didn't really understand the feelings. Yeah. And then they were two men who worked in a factory on line four, whatever that means. And then they were builders. And then they were builders. Yeah. And then, so you were filming stuff and put it on YouTube? Is That's that right? it, yeah. And then what, like, so did, like, Channel 4 ring you and go, we've seen your YouTube video? They sort of did, actually. No, yeah. it literally happened. It kind of, via Twitter, someone, <gasps> um, Simon Blackwell, 
Uh, oh, I love Simon Blackwell. Yeah, Amazing he, writer. He, he started uh, watching our stuff and saying, oh, you should watch this to people. Yeah, we got cool into Channel 4, did a few things, and then uh, Lee and Dean came about. Wow. I, know. I literally thought that was not going to be the story. Well, I, I say it like it happened in two minutes. Yeah, it took no. sort of six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was quite an exciting six years. Yeah. And so the first series came out. And uh, yes, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's amazing. It's, I think it's still on 4AD, isn't it? Oh, yeah, all four it's called. All four, I know, I keep yeah. saying. And I type it into my computer. Everyone calls it 4AD. Doesn't know, yeah. Even all people four. at Channel 4, if I'm being really honest. 4AD's a good name. Yeah. Why did they change it to all four? All four sounds a bit like awful. Yeah, and it doesn't, like, all four, yeah, all four, it doesn't, but it's like starting with four in your head, like Channel 4, yeah. what's their one? You know where you're headed. I know where I'm heading. 4OD. Okay, sorry. All four. You can watch it, guys, is my point. Um, and it's about these builders set in um, Letchworth. Well, Stevenage. Stevenage, we sorry. Just, we no, film in Letchworth, don't we? We, we film some of it in... Ste- well, it's set in Stevenage. It's set in Stevenage. But we're sort of based in Letchworth, so... I got the, my I got my Hertfordshire towns wrong there, and I'd like to apologise to Letchworth. <laughs> and you're and you're native. I know I am native of Hertfordshire, yeah. and it's and it's um, areas. So yeah, I was quite excited to visit Letchworth again. Excellent vinyl shop, guys. Did you, you tol- go to the vinyl shop where you're filming? Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. You, you told me that you once had a bad experience in Hitchin, oh, where I live. Why are you bringing this? Sorry, up? I didn't realise it was a secret. <laughs> I snogged a boy oh, somewhere. I can't remember where we met. We met like a gang of boys and I was in the gang of girls and then we agreed to meet them in Hitchin like the next day and um, I was at a party, yeah. And then the boy that I had snogged, we turned up and it was like, well, you know, that's Carrothead's boy. But then he, this is actually making me feel very sad. He then very like sort of just ignored me and that really like, not you. Now I've seen you in daylight. Yeah, he was a mean Hitchin boy. But it was... It was good in a way because it was humiliating. But I remember talking to him, thinking, oh, "You're an idiot. Why do I? Why was I hoping that this would work?" So even at like 16, I was like, "You're an idiot." Have I restored your faith in people from Hitchin? No, no, not at all. <laughs> I love the uh, image of you in a gang. Oh uh, yeah, I say gang. I mean, you know, a bunch of middle class ladies. Collective. Yeah, like collect more of a unit, <laughs> <laughs> a union. Um, yeah, we are Hertfordshire friends. Not many people are Hertfordshire friends, to be fair, who work in this business. <laughs> no, it, despite its proximity to yeah, the town. Lots of people live in Hertfordshire and work in London, but it, I don't think it's a very creative place. <laughs> Sorry, I'm from there, so I feel like I can say that. No, I think I think I, I Hitchin and Letchworth, where we're based, um, do feel quite sort of vibrant. And yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. I was surprised, actually, because you have, on the show, you have loads of people... <laughs> Your mates, yeah, just from Hitchin. It, from Hitchin, who when you speak to him, like, oh, I'm a filmmaker and I'm an illustrator and I'm a, oh, what's it, the guy, what's his job, the neuroscientist? Oh yeah, he plays um, Corinne. Yeah, he's, no, he's um, an astrophysicist. An astrophysicist, I knew Dr. it was a clever Stewart. one. Yeah, and he just works in the office with you, and then puts women's clothes on and, and appears in several episodes of Lee and Dean. I mean, he is a very nice person because you really just make him dress in flimsy women's clothes in the background of shots. Yeah. He doesn't complain. He loves it. He loves it. He absolutely loves it. An actor it. would not love that. They would complain a no, lot. That's why we don't work with actors. Yeah, no, you've done very well. And why you work with me. Um, <laughs> anyway, so you've had, you do, you know, there's been incredible success, but obviously that's not why we're here today. So who are we remembering today, Mark? Well, now, I didn't talk to you about this before. No, I know. Because... Um, I don't know if it's appropriate or, or even allowed okay. to talk about two people. No, that's very that's very much allowed, yeah. That's good because... You're totally allowed. If I left one of them out, I'd feel really bad. <laughs> that's fine, don't worry. No, you're not You're not alone in having more than one to talk about. That's good. Yeah. I'm pleased to hear that. Yeah. Um, so we're here to talk about my mum and dad. 
And who was it who died first? So my dad died first when I was 15. You 15. In ni- and you were 15, weren't yeah, you? And yeah, yeah. Your dad died uh, in 1992. Oh, and wow. then my mum died in 1997. So. Oh, so how old were you when your mum died? I just turned 20. Oh. I was about two weeks into being 20. I'm doing the covering face that I do because, yeah, my dad died when I was 15. And so having to then lose your mum when you're 20. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's a kick in the nuts, isn't it? It's shit, isn't it? That is so shit. It's really dreadful. Oh god. So, um, what happened with your dad? What was what was the? How did he die? So completely out of the blue. Mm. He wasn't ill or anything. Oh. You know, um, he was he was much older than my mum. He was about kind of fifteen years older than my mum. So he was what was he late forties when I was born, and I'm the youngest of four. Wow. So. You know, he was always the older dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, there was never any sign of him being ill. He always seemed to be in perfect health. Um, yeah, he was very active. He was very sociable. Mm. You know, and didn't have any clue at all. Were you close to him? Yeah, yeah, really, really close. Um, in in lots of ways, you know, I, I think because there isn't much... It's difficult to trace where the kind of things I do and I'm into sort of come from in my family. But I think if they're from anywhere, it's probably my dad's side. So he was from Southwest Ireland, um, Kerry, and he moved over to England in the 60s, I think. And whenever I've I've been over to the village he's from, there's always kind of stories of of storytellers in our family, you know, and people who kind of have that sort of tradition. And I remember going over there when I was quite young and people saying, oh, he's just like Uncle Tim, isn't he? I, I don't know anything about Uncle Tim. <laughs> Uncle Tim could have been a mass murderer. Um, he's just like Uncle he's Tim. He's just like, you know, the psychopath, Uncle you know, Tim. Yeah. Murder strangers uh, <laughs> at bus stops. So I was close to him, really yeah. close to him. And he, like I say, he just died completely out of the blue. I say that about a week before he died, apparently he'd complained that he had a pain in his leg. Right. But, you know... I have pains in my legs yeah, and, yeah. you know, I don't kind of worry about them too much. And then he went to work one morning in July and I was in, right, in old money, year 10. No, that's that's new money, isn't it? Year Fourth 10. Year. Fourth year. Fourth well year. Well done for doing the conversion. I was in the change, so I know both. Uh-uh. <laughs> I was during the Skills. change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I went to school and it was a really hot July day. And it was about lunchtime and I'm sitting in a French lesson oh. looking out. We, we had this classroom right next to the field and it just looked glorious out yeah, there. And the last yeah. place you want to be is in a French lesson, unless you really enjoy French lessons sure. in the sun. And I saw from across from the other building, I saw one of the sort of deputy heads walking across and this was a man to be scared of. Yeah, you know, people yeah. weren't, you didn't go out of your way to talk to him because he was <laughs> yeah. terrifying. And he came into our class and went up to the teacher and I sort of just overheard kind of, is uh, Marco Sullivan in, in here? And my teacher kind of pointed at me and he said, can you come with me, Mark? And I thought, oh, Jesus, you know, what, what have I done? done? Yeah, shit, what have shit, I done? shit. <laughs> I've been caught smoking because oh. I was smoking uh, at the time, you know, in the loos, obviously. Always caught smoking, yeah, same. And um, our school was really sort of spread out. The buildings were really spread out. And so I'm walking across from, from the block I'd been into the main block with him. I remember saying to him, you know, kind of, what, yeah, what's what, going on? What have yeah. I done? What have I done? And he looked at me, and it was really, he looked really tense and said, um, uh, your dad's not very well. There's someone here to take you to the hospital. 
and f- you know from, from that moment in my mind like <sighs> flicking a switch I'm kind of there in Technicolor yeah, you know I can sort yeah. of feel it and see it and hear it so you were it. just walking along when he said that just walking along no I, you know because there were no warning signs at all yeah you're just a teenager with yeah. the, the biggest worry is like what am I going to do at the weekend like, yeah, yeah absolutely and yeah nothing more to think oh, about than that and God. have I got enough cigarettes to get me through yeah. the rest of the school day <laughs> And we got to the main office and there was a family friend there. And um, she she was a nurse and she was very kind of no-nonsense. And she'd always been very no-nonsense, but she was very quiet driving me to the hospital. Oh, God. Which was kind of my first indication yeah, that it maybe there's something bad here. And she yeah. said he'd, he'd collapsed at work. He was a painter and decorator for the council. Wow. And so he would just be in like empty bungalows or yeah, flats painting. Yeah. And apparently, yeah, he'd uh, he obviously kind of felt ill, pulled one of those emergency cords that they have, you know, for old people yeah, to yeah. get the warden. And uh, the warden had arrived and he sort of collapsed on the floor. Anyway, I, I got to the hospital, all of my family were there, and he just died about oh. two, three minutes before I arrived there. And, um, oh my God. yeah, it, it's... It's such an odd moment, isn't it? Mm. I mean, find it, I mean, the way I found out my mum had died was um, really odd and bizarre. Mm. And very, very different to that. But that's it's so hard to be fifteen and just walk into that, though. Like that's isn't it? And just have all these eyes on you and and think, oh, what? Is, how on earth do I react now? Yeah. Because you can understand. <clears throat> I don't know if you have this having you know lost my dad at fifteen. You can understand as an adult why they're looking at you like that. Now I'm old, I think, oh, they must be. Oh, I just feel for you. I feel desperately just feel sorry, so sorry for But you. when you're 15, you're like, what? What do I do with that? Yeah. Like, what should I do with all your emotion? Go Thanks away. a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, okay. And so you just walk into that. So your brothers and sisters were there. Yeah, they were all there. The whole family and like loads of family friends. We had a big sort of extended sort of group of friends and they're all very close my mum worked at the hospital she oh was a nurse God. there you know so there were people who were walking past who saw my family and went in. so it's this just wow. room full of people friends and family and what happened had he had a heart attack he had um, uh, an aneurysm aneurysm oh, a blood God. clot that yeah. to his heart and kind of stopped his heart and uh, oh yeah just, just gone pretty much um I think the first thing I said was, um, has anyone got a cigarette? <laughs> and went outside and smoked. Yeah. And then I remember I was the first one to go home to the family home for oh, whatever reason. Wow, yeah. We were walking in there and just, you know, like the world had changed colour a yeah. little bit, you know. Yeah. And what was it like? Did you have the funeral very quickly? Did you go to the funeral? Yeah, no, I, I did absolutely. Um, it was a couple of weeks after, I think. It mm. took a while to... Because he'd sort of died at work. There had to be not an inquest, but... You Coroners. Know, yeah, involved, all, yeah, all of that stuff. So it took a good couple of weeks. <coughs> and, you know, being Irish Catholics, they like to bury you, you know, within an hour, yeah, usually. Yeah, um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that didn't sit well with the family, but it, it allowed some of the Irish uh, to contingents over to get over. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was really involved with all of it. I don't, I didn't do because we. I was raised a Catholic, and we were very sort of devout. And I was up until I was, you know, sort of late teens. I don't think I did a reading at his funeral, but I, I did carry the coffin. You did. Yeah, that was that was. I was thinking, obviously, kind of ahead of yeah, coming yeah. to do this today. You know, what 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 do I remember from then? And one of the really, this is my mind just jumping around here now. One of 
the things that I think sort of happened for me when my dad died was that sort of two things running alongside each other. One was that I felt like I'd become a grown-up mm. in that moment there. Instantly, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A switch being flicked again. Because I remember going, after I got home that day, then I had to go around and tell some friends of the family around the corner. Oh, my God. And this this old Irish couple who were lovely, we'd known all our lives. Yeah. And I, this is going to sound really odd. <laughs> I remember telling Jim, the, the guy, and putting my hand on his shoulder as I mm. told him. And... I remember thinking, that's really odd. I don't think I've ever put my hand on someone's <laughs> shoulder before, but I suddenly feel... You, like, no, don't you? I'm like, a bit no. sort of grown up yeah. now. You know, I've grown... In these last four hours, <coughs> I've stopped being yeah. a kid. But at the same time, I think it also kind of almost preserved me as a 15-year-old. Yeah. Because I've never really felt older than that in my mind. See, I've talked about this a lot on the show, and that's really interesting because I think, I hope this isn't odd. I felt like I got on with you quite quickly. I was like, oh yeah. And I feel 15. I feel, uh, and, and now you've said that, that's really, because I didn't know the age you were when it happened to you. That's really funny because it's like, you are remind me of like a boy I went to school with. And I feel like there's like, yeah, like we're still year 10, year 11. Yeah. And yep. I find it very easy to relate to that age of, yeah. of person. Like if I see a 15 year old behaving, I'm like, yeah, I get you. I get you, that makes sense what you're doing. You're not being, like, I don't think that's unreasonable. I'm like, yeah, they're being dickheads. Like, I still feel like that. And <laughs> your sense of humour is... up version. Yeah, like, it's kind of like arrested development, isn't it? Like, and yeah. your humour is very... <laughs> childish. Childish, yeah, but very, like, not... There's childish humour, but I think you do have quite a teenage boy streak about you. Oh, I do, definitely. Definitely, yeah. and actually that's really interesting because the... Being on set on the and was like very lovely, but like it was bounce was high. Oh, high bounce, high bounce, yeah. And you had to be like on your toes, ready for the bounce that was coming towards you. And my response to pretty much every question is your mum. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's funny. It, I feel exactly the same. I feel comp- it's taken me. I feel like since I had kids, a kid, sorry, not kids, um, that that helped shift me on a bit. That like, you a, think? yeah, that for me was a big thing. I was like, I can't. I can't be this 15-year-old anymore. But if before I had my daughter, it was like, to get back there took two seconds. Like, I just... Yeah, yeah, to yeah. be able to be shitty teenager was so comfortable, easy. Because that's where you... I guess also that's where you were happy. That's And for me, like, that's where they knew they were still alive at that point. So yeah, a little moment preserved yeah, inside yeah. you. Like a little time capsule. Yeah, if you can keep that. They're yeah. not dead. It's sort of what I think your brain kind of protects you a little bit. That's interesting. That's yeah, what, I think you're right. That's what I think I've done. I don't know. I mean, that's real armchair psychology. That's definitely what I have had to accept that a part of keeping her alive was keeping him alive. So, you know, very stroppy and opinionated carryad that, you know, had like all these fucking opinions about everything and was, you know, just very sassy was yeah. that was definitely the girl he knew. And the older I got when I was like, oh, maybe I don't need to enforce my opinion on everybody <laughs> or be super honest. No, don't give in to that. No. Always keep force it. your opinion Always on people. Always force your opinion. Yeah. Uh, that definitely for me was about like not wanting to let that person go. Yeah. Because I don't want to let him go. Yeah. yeah, it's hard, isn't it? it? Just And there's also no harm in staying at 15, is there? No. Like, Well, I mean, it's kind of not done us... It's not done us any harm in our jobs. No, absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. It's, like, it's helped us immensely, you know? The... <laughs> But that's interesting that we've ended up in those jobs, don't you think? Like, if maybe that hadn't happened to us, 
other things might have, you know, oh, wouldn't felt a, the need. I'd be a chartered surveyor, <laughs> I reckon. Yeah, I don't think I'd, I, I think I might still be doing something dicky around, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. You can't tell, can you? No. Um, so were you carrying, who else was carrying a coffin? Was it just family members? So me and my brother, and then, oh, I don't know, it must have been the undertaker's. I don't know why we did it, actually, thinking that. It's very traditional. Oh, really traditional. Yeah. Really, really traditional. You know, I was in an ill-fitting suit from Burton's. Great. (laughs) And, um, and, yeah, although, actually, non-traditional thing that happened, I did pull at my dad's funeral (laughs) because some (laughs) family friends. Over the 15-year-old guys. yeah. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sad. Yeah, actually. really sad. I probably need to get off with someone. <laughs> what um, happened? See, so, um, some other friends of the family had some cousins from Ireland Great. staying over, and this uh, this this girl who was, I think she was sixteen or seventeen. Cool. Is that bad? I don't know. I was fifteen. No, you're fifteen. That's all right. Oh, that's okay. That's <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Well, I'm, no, that's awful. I'm making it just because you're a boy. That's fine. I think. Was it consensual? Were you okay with it? Yeah, I was over the that's moon. That's probably okay. Great, that's fine. And I don't remember overplaying the, I'm really sad because my dad's died, please kiss me, <laughs> card. Uh, but I do remember her sort of coming up to me at the wake and saying, oh, I'm really sorry about your dad. And uh, going, oh, you know, thanks. You yeah. know, being a, a bit of an awkward teenage boy again. And then some friends, because my mum had said, you, you know, if you want some of your friends to be there, yeah. that'd be fine. And, 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 that, and that was really nice having them there. And we'd all decided to go to the cinema kind of later on that day. Yeah. And so um, I kind of said, oh, a few of us going to the cinema actually after. And she said, oh, yeah, I'll come. And then we're just getting off of each other at the back <laughs> of the cinema. So, you know, I, I'm not saying it's an ideal pickup uh, strategy. No, but it... Losing it, a parent. It, it, what I love why I'm laughing is that if you haven't been through it, what you don't understand is that everything's still the same. Yeah. Like nothing else. Yeah. You've had this huge switch inside yourself. Your life is disappeared everything's upside down but you still your friends are still going to cinema you still want to pull that like there's all this yeah. other stuff that's very normal and so you do it and there's got a bit of you that's like this is a bit weird tiny little void this is a bit weird but then you're like well i mean what am i gonna do not not snog her like yeah yeah so that's july so then you've got the summer so yeah so and there were a couple of weeks of school and um i didn't go back to school for those couple of weeks then i went and I'd only been over there once with my mum and dad a couple of years before. But I decided to go over to my dad's village and stay with my aunt and yeah. uncle for a couple of weeks. And I remember thinking, I'm going to go and find my dad. Oh. Kind of thing. But uh, And I kind of got out there with this slightly sort of poetic yeah. thing of, I'm going, to find, I'm going to find him here in the hills and valleys <laughs> of County Kerry. And I, I just um, smoked a lot and got quite pissed. <laughs> Um, That's fine. Which in itself was finding something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's so, nice that you had that escape hole to kind of just disappear into. It was, yeah. My um, my uncle, he's, he's gone now. He was a, a bit of a shit. Okay. And <laughs> I wasn't expecting no, that. He, he was really great. You know, he was, oh, so supportive. Yeah, he no. just became like a father figure. He didn't at all. He was yeah. just a very horrible, miserable old wow. man okay. who didn't really want me there. Um, I think he'd been taught at a really young age that feelings were, were evil. Right. And try to to avoid them, and I remember saying to him at some point, "You do you know my dad's just died." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> when you have to spell it out, like yeah. they, I mean, you could just be nice. Like my dad has literally just died. Yeah. That's hilarious. And I came out here because you know I thought it might be nice, and oh my god. your wife, my aunt, his sister, yeah. thought it might be nice, and you're just being a bit of a wanker, aren't what you? What did he say to that? I, I he probably went out and caught a salmon or something because that was his way of. <laughs> 
responding to things. Don't need feelings. I got my salmon. That's yeah. fine. Oh my God, no. Will you get... <laughs> oh, this, have you ever heard the Kerry accent? No, not properly. Well, and you haven't heard it properly still because that was awful. <laughs> Mine was pretty bad. I was going to do... Uh, have, uh, did you like the horses, Jenny? I don't know why I'm saying this. That's what someone said to my wife once. When we like went the there. horses. Enjoy the horses, Jenny. No, no. <laughs> it's lovely. Isn't it? It's it very is really nice. It's lyrical. Um, God, that's so hard. So then you go back to school. Were you... Yeah, I mean, because... So I was in year 11, old money... Um, fifth, fifth year, year yeah. when it happened because of my birthday so I was 15 but I was about to be 16 right. and I had to go and do um, my GCSEs like two weeks later <laughs> and then I sort of went into sixth form so I had this like there was like a weird change anyway of like lots of people left and people arrived who didn't know what happened so yeah. it felt very different anyway but um, I can't must like must have been really hard to sort of go into the fifth year and have, yeah like how did you find it after that well I I've been thinking about my childhood quite a lot recently for a couple of different reasons. Um, one, like having your own kids. Yeah. You do, don't you? You kind of look back on your own experience and think, what what screwed me up the most? <laughs> I'll try and avoid that if possible. Because yeah. um, you're going to fuck them up in one way one or another. One way or another, yeah. Um, and um, I, was, I was an odd kid. Mm. I was a really okay. strange <laughs> child. Uh, you know, I wasn't. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not, su- you're not I'm, surprised. I get it, I get it. But you don't look surprised. <laughs> You look relieved if anything. I mean, I was a bit odd as well, so I think I can relate. I can relate. Oh, what did you do that was odd? Can I, ask? I was just a bit odd. I was, well, I was very. I think I was quite good at. Um, <laughs> I was quite good at fitting in because I'm quite good at like mimicking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was very in my head a lot. Very in my head. Everything was sort of yeah, sort of way with the fairies. I would say. So I think if you met me, you'd think, oh yeah, she's fine and normal, but. Wasn't always to the professional eye. Yeah, been concerned. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Social yeah. services would have been involved. But I feel like maybe you were more visibly odd. What did you do? I reckon I was. Yeah, and no, it was my way. In fact, being odd was my way of fitting in. Right. Think, yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. Because um, I was shit at sport. Oh yeah, it's hard um, for a boy. But I could make people laugh. Yeah. 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 Um, back then, huh. um, I, I mean, doing things like. My dad was really into old films, and when we got our first VCR, oh, yeah. he would tape every old film because he'd been to see them all oh. um, when when he was growing yeah, up. Yeah. He, I think he spent all of his life in the cinema, basically. And um, I remember getting really, really obsessed by this 1941 film that he loved and watching it over and over again. And I bought a typewriter at a car boot sale <laughs> and decided uh, to type out the film. <laughs> and it must have taken me about seven weekends. <laughs> God. Seven weekends with the remote control wow. of the VCR, just going backwards and forwards, typing it out. I don't even know why I did it. Why, you know, My kids do it. I, li- I lived in a box for six months. We got a new washing machine and I just crawled into it and I just slept in it, lived in it and I wouldn't get out. Washing machine boxes were great, the so, size of size them. Size of them. And I just really liked, and my brother was like, so weird, you've got to get out of it. My mum was like, <laughs> and eventually... She's happy like, enough. Yeah, she's happy, just leave her. Yeah. But yeah, that sort of odd odd thing children do typing up a script that's fascinating I loved it but I, I had many boxes oh, I was obsessed with getting in boxes I used to paint the outside of them and then um, you know that couple I mentioned Bridget and Jimmy oh, who yeah. live around the corner I, was little, I used to walk around in the box <laughs> around the block so I'm sure my neighbours got used to just seeing <laughs> moving boxes just, yeah. you sound funny you sound funny odd. I was odd odd but funny it's someone with a sense of humour if I'd seen that child I'd think that's funny but I appreciate Annoying people might have been like, oh, he's a bit weird. But like a funny person would have gone, what he's doing is funny. He's, he's burying his skateboard. <laughs> Two thirds of it with one third still sticking out of the earth. Why? 
Yeah, I don't know. Still don't know. <laughs> I stole a chair leg that was broken from school. I used to collect things that had broken off bits of school. Yeah. I just don't. And I remember my friend Susanna going, why you, Why do you want it? And I was like, I, I uh, found a tube seat. Yeah, bottom half of a tube seat. That was, mm, kept that in my bedroom for ages. You see how excited <laughs> I, I looked. Excited, because yeah. if I'd have found a tube oh, seat, yeah. I'd have... You'd have buried it. I'd have fought you for it. <laughs> I know, no one else wanted it. Oh, I'd have been in there. Yeah, I was like, this is so cool. It's half a tube seat. You could have had it um, at weekends and I'll have it during the week. <laughs> <laughs> Timeshare on an old tube seat. So you were odd anyway. So I think we might. <laughs> Did I it get we, weirder? Yeah, and I think I kind of used it as a bit of a license to just mm. to fulfil my oddness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why and not? I, I mean, it's so shit. You sort of gives you this. Yeah. And also, I think you you do. I mean, I don't know if you had this. You hit that nothing really matters. I don't care anymore. Yeah. So did you just not give a shit what people really felt? Didn't or really thought? give a shit. And I know you've said before, you know, kind of going into GCSEs, I couldn't give a damn. Oh, I just couldn't care less, yeah. <laughs> Which was reflected in my results, actually, <laughs> quite successfully. Um, yeah, no, you don't, do you? And I, I mean, having lost your dad when you did, Yeah. I know that now, whenever friends of mine are losing their parents, I always feel like I should be really good at this point. <laughs> you know, I should be like the best friend to have. Yeah, yeah. And actually I feel just rubbish because <laughs> my experience is so vastly so different. different to that. Yeah, that's true. But one of the things I say to people really regularly is, you know, lots of people will tell you what you should be doing and what you should be feeling and what is right and what is wrong mm. and what's acceptable and what's unacceptable. Forget all of that. Yeah. It's whatever feels right. The dead person is dead. Yeah, that's it. Whatever you do now, you do for you. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and you try to make sure it doesn't negatively impact other people around you who are also affected. But I think that's really good advice. That's, <laughs> I think that's very clear good advice of like, just keep an eye that you're not negatively affecting people. But basically... Do what's right for you. Do what's right, you yeah. Know, whatever that is, screaming or laughing or running or drinking bearing or wanking or doing whatever you're... <laughs> bearing a skateboard. Mm. Yeah, although it does render the skateboard unrideable, <laughs> as I discovered. Mm, but artistically, it looks, looks amazing. Oh, it was, it was superb. It was almost an installation. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's so important to remember that there, there is nothing you can really... There's nothing you can do, is there? You can't bring them back. So no. who gives a shit what the fuck you do at that point? Especially as a teenager. And do you have this as well, I think... I think I wish there was a way, like a way sometimes of adults who, I mean, there probably is a charity that does this, but like adults like us who lost them as teenagers to speak to teenagers. Because I sometimes hear other adults being like, oh, what the teenagers needs are this. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. no, <laughs> you don't know. I feel like we, when you still feel very connected to that 15 year old self, you're like, nah, they don't want that. And also when they go, that thing that happens a lot of going, oh, they said they're fine. Or like, they're not fine. Yeah. They're just lying through their teeth constantly because they don't know what the fuck's going on. And this mask is going to fall off at oh, some point. Oh, it's going to fall off probably about mid-30s. Yeah, <laughs> like, and there's going to be some really bad moments. There's going to be some bad... And maybe that's... I also come to the conclusion, like, maybe that's fine. Maybe you just have to be protected at 15 because you, you don't really have the vocabulary to deal with it. So the later breakdowns are probably quite useful. Like, I definitely think... Deferment. I, yeah. yeah. And people go, oh, she put it off. Well, people, my, I say to myself, I put it off by not dealing with it at 15. But then I think, did I, or was I very sensible and went, I can't really process this now because yeah. I'm too yeah. young. Let's put it in a cupboard. Let's carry on being a teenager and, you know, hit 24 whatever and be like, oh, hello, what's this? When it can burst open. <laughs> when it can burst open. <laughs> at an inopportune moment. <laughs> at a party or while you're having sex. You know, yeah. when, whenever, it, whenever it feels ready.
daddy to everything. Well, so what happened with my dad was because I, I when he died, I felt I cried a lot. Mm. I did all of the crying. Yeah, yeah. But obviously not all of the crying. I know you think, don't you? you think, and then in my anymore. early twenties, I was um, in a relationship with someone, and we were lying in my my first flat, kind right. of rented flat. Yeah, lying in bed. And I had my dad's old clock radio, yeah. And I still had it, and um, it was—I mean, it was knackered, yeah, really yeah. knackered. But me and Dad used to listen to, um, you used to be able to hear the police on FM, oh, like in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to listen to the police on Friday nights. <laughs> That's not odd, is it? I don't know where I got it from. Um, and um, so, and it, uh, my memories were so fond of the, like listening yeah, to that. Yeah. And I'm lying in bed with my girlfriend at the, at the time. And it just stopped working. <gasps> and it died, and you did. It, and it was about one a.m. Yeah. Oh, on God. a Sunday morning, and I just went to pieces. Yeah, absolute pieces. Yeah. I was sobbing because the radio died, and he's died. So you can't have something else die. Because what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Could all the dying stop, please? Yeah, can it just? <laughs> and they'd taken the police off the FM band years before. That was a blow. Um, I completely understand when you're just like, no, no, I've been keeping that alive. Don't you understand? Like, because I can't deal with the fact that they're dead. Don't so. look at me. <laughs> look away. Look away. And it's very hard to. Was she okay about it, or was she a bit? I like, think she was quite um, surprised by the force with which <laughs> my grief, um, yeah. tsunami-like, God. overtook me. And yeah. so, but so was I. Yeah, I yeah. Really, That's it because the. They call it transitional objects, things like that. And and often you don't know. You don't know that that's what that is. You don't know until something happens to it. And you're like, oh, I was that was my father. Like, I had well, tiny, I've talked about it before, like when David Bowie died. Yeah. And I just suddenly was like, whoa, oh, I feel very strange. I was like, oh, because in your head you've made him your dad. <laughs> like, And so somehow you felt like it's all right. See, I did that with Wogan. <laughs> I'm so, so not overwoken. <laughs> Of course, the Irish thing. Of course. Of course I did. I didn't know I had. But no. when Terry, I'm welling up now <laughs> talking about Terry Wogan. Oh, this would be amazing if I do actually start. I, there are tears behind oh, my eyes. But I could, did he, did he, does Terry, did Terry Wogan look a bit like your dad? No. No. Or sound like him. They were from different parts of Ireland, but he but was is that, kind of fatherly. Is that memory? Yeah, I know. Well, Dave Barry doesn't, didn't look like my dad at all, but it was just somebody who was a bit weird that sometimes people didn't, I felt like sometimes people didn't understand what he was doing. Yeah. That's what, like, that's how I connected. It was like, oh, that makes, that reminds me of my dad. Oh my God, Terry Wogan. Yeah. He is very, he was very fatherly, wasn't he? he very was. sort of soft and kind, and you can imagine him being nice to you. Yeah. And do, you, do you think we sort of chose, I think I sort of chose someone who might have been a bit, like, slightly more, I don't know, not better version of my dad. That sounds awful, but like. Well, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Terry Wogan <laughs> wasn't a patron decorator for the local authority. But yeah, it's like, it's sort of like fantasy version, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not real, and you don't know Terry Wogan might have been annoying occasionally, you know. And I, I think my, my memory of my dad is that he was quite erudite. And, yeah. You know, he, was, he was a good talker. Yeah, and I like, like Terry. <laughs> like like Sir, Sir Terry. Sorry. Please. When did he die? Was that quite recently? A couple of years ago. It floored me. Did it floor you? Oh, Honestly. No. And you had no idea you'd kind of done that? No. No. I always knew, like, when he <laughs> when he finished doing his radio... Oh, this is awful. When he finished doing his Radio 2 breakfast yeah. show about 10 years ago, whenever it was, I listened to the final moments of the final episode inside whilst my children played in their very first snow. 
with my wife getting increasingly annoyed, why aren't you out here with the children experiencing this? I'm going, can you just give me five minutes? It's all I need. Five minutes. Oh, God. You made me snore. I just know that feeling of being so weird and people being like, you're being so weird. You're like, yes, I know, but you just... It's like... It's slightly addictive personality. It's like, I just need I it. I need it. I need Like, let me do it. Let me do it. Please don't take this from me. Because you've had something taken from you. I know. And so you can't deal when things are taken from you because out of the blue, something got snatched. And so you're so on edge about things being snatched from you. So between Wogan and, and the clock radio, <laughs> I was, I'm in pieces. Oh, I'm me. sorry. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. <laughs> just because... I just realised you were saying you're in pieces. I was like, <laughs> I am in hysterics. No, I just know that feeling. They're very it's close, just, aren't they? Hysterics so and being in pieces. And that feeling of just being so, so vulnerable. And it's so hard because it's deferred. I think that's the thing when it happens to you as a teenager. Yeah. You know, when you're in your 20s, I, get, I don't know, it's not my experience. But, you know, when you're a bit older, people go, oh, you know, like that. A dad died a couple of years ago. So, but people are like, what is wrong with this person? You're like, it was so long ago. I can't yeah. explain to you why. But yeah, that people leaving and stuff being taken from you and not having control, I find. Having control taken <sighs> away from you. God, I, find, I get so weird about that. Same. I, yeah, I find it so like, because something, that's what happened to us. And we didn't get a warning and we had to process it very, very quickly. And I think, you know as we say perhaps you don't process it very well <laughs> things get moved around in your head you know and I this is a feeling I come back to quite a lot um, this it's another really odd thing but it, the oddness wasn't didn't kind of stem from me for some reason we always went on holiday to Cromer in Norfolk <laughs> like every year yeah. and then one year when I was about nine, uh, my mum announced one Friday night that me, her and her mum, my grandmother, were going to Mallorca the next morning. <laughs> totally out of the blue. Right. And no okay. one else was going. My dad wasn't going. Okay. None of my siblings were going. And believe me, that was brought up a lot. Oh, yeah, I bet um, that was. Afterwards and uh, indeed since. And um, we went to Mallorca this amazing week. And I remember going up to this kind of little market town in, wow. in the hills. yeah. And losing my mum and suddenly thinking, I'm in a foreign place. Yeah, I yeah. don't speak the language. Shit. It's hot. Yeah. There are hundreds of people around me. I don't know where you are. And that feeling yeah. of being alone comes back to me every yeah, so often. Yeah. You know, I'm 42. I know, I know. And sometimes I feel like that little boy lost in a market in a foreign country. It's that horrible sick feeling, isn't it? Yeah. It's like sick to your stomach. It's like, oh, I need to, yeah. It's so, it's so weird. But I, I guess the thing that's strange is like the fact that we are surprised, I, well, I was surprised that we feel like that. Like, of course, you know. Of course know, we do. It's part of our wiring, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But it's such a, we're so white also wired to try and be happy all the time or, yeah. like, not feel these things. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. So speaking of your mum... Yeah, she's dead. <laughs> Stop. She went as well. Bastards. Bastards. The double. And we didn't get... What was your dad's name? Oh, it's John. John. And what's your mum's name? Anne. Anne. John and Anne. So um, what happened with your mum? So she'd already been getting ill before my dad died. Oh, she wow. She had this kind of progressive lung disease. Oh, God. And she'd been in and out of hospital a few times, kind of whilst my dad was still alive. But then <sighs> she seemed to be sort of okay. Yeah. And then... I don't know, about six months, a year after, no, in fact, less than that, less than six months after my dad died, it came back kind of with a a vengeance. Mm. And she was kind of in hospital a lot of that time between dad dying and when she died. So like the first Christmas without dad, she was in hospital. (gasps) God, you must have felt so vulnerable. It was pretty horrible. Yeah. And obviously she must have been struggling with her grief. I didn't realise at the time, I've only come to appreciate kind of more recently how broken she was yeah, yeah. after how, how devoted they were to each other so Aww. you know when I think about all of my friends whose parents kind of split up yeah or yeah having problems, my memories of my mum and dad being together and they may be slightly rose tinted yeah yeah but they just seem so happy yeah so devoted to each other I mean there were the times when they um they would have an argument and they would then use the medium of the, uh, us, the children, to speak to each other. <laughs> and my mum would come into the room and say, would you tell your father his tea's ready? And he would be sitting there and before you'd had a chance to tell him, he would say, would you tell your mother? If none of it's been relayed yet. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be there in two minutes. Well, will you tell your father that if he's not there in two minutes, he's going in the bin? But that was so, yeah. so um, rare um, for that to happen. Um, so, yeah, she... She had this horrible, I can't even remember what it was called, but it was just like her lungs didn't work properly. And she was on a waiting list for a lung transplant Wow! when she died. And she'd kind of been back and forward to Harefield Hospital. Yeah. You know, and they were waiting for a, for a, an organ. And, and stupidly, I didn't realise how bad it was. Stupidly? I That's probably not fair, yeah. Perhaps, probably not yeah. fair. I'm probably being unfair to myself. But because... I didn't really ever go away. Mm. I didn't sort of go on holiday away. Yeah. I didn't stay at other people's houses. I always stayed at home, apart from when she was in hospital, when I'd maybe kind of stay with friends sometimes. I would always be at home. Mm. I, I'm not saying, yeah, I wasn't her carer, but I was there an awful yeah, lot of the time. Yeah. I didn't like to leave her. And like youngest or four, yeah. yeah, you stick around like the youngest. Yeah, the others were all yeah. off. You know, they had families and things, 
And when she died, she'd been taken into intensive care about two, three months before. This is just before Christmas as well. And like put on life support. So we had her last Christmas. She was on a ventilator oh, in a, in a room. And then she seemed to pick up and get better. And it just happened to coincide with my a really good friend of mine's birthday. Mm. And they invited me away to this thing in Huntingdon, of all places. Of all places, yeah. yeah. Not even that far, yeah. No, not even that far. Um, or, or that nice, uh, from my memory. Sorry if you're from It's Huntingdon. quite nice now. Is it? I've got an uncle who lives there. Up and coming. <laughs> um, my memories aren't great. Uh, I'll tell you why. Um, and... I was saying to her, I said, I really don't think I should go. She'd mm. just sort of come off the life yeah, support. Yeah. She was just able to communicate. And she was saying to me, no, you should go. And I was saying, I just don't, you know, I'd never done it. I'd never been yeah. away. And it was only to Huntingdon, you know, yeah, it wasn't yeah, like yeah. flying abroad. But, but I just felt really bad about it. And she was so, it was, oh, I've got really happy memories of her. In, in the bed, yeah, she couldn't really speak properly, but she was kind of writing things Aww. down. She was saying, I really want you to go. I really want you to go. I'll be fine. And um, and then when it came... Oh, when it came to the actual moment to say goodbye, mm. and I, I had to walk home from the hospital back to mine, and, I, it, and it was just after Christmas, and I was feeling quite good because she seemed to be yeah, kind yeah, of getting better. Just when it came to the moment for me to go, she said, oh do you want to stay just a little bit longer? And I said, um, oh, I've, you know, I've got, if I'm going to go, I've got to go and sort of pack. And she said, oh, no, of course. And uh, went away the next morning and we were staying in this hotel, big group of friends, there was this event on, I can't even remember what it was properly. And I got a phone call from my sister saying, mum's taking a bit of a turn. I said, oh, do I need to come back? I'll come back. No, no, it's fine. We just wanted to keep let you know. And then about two, three in the morning, my phone rang in the hotel room. And um, I know I've heard you talk to people about, you know, weird way, weird things yeah. people say. It was my sister. And she said, mum's not alive anymore. <laughs> what? Mum's not alive anymore. I guess she didn't know how to say it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, just if anyone's listening and wondering how to say it, <laughs> that's probably not it. Um <laughs> <laughs> there are better ones. Oh my god! I said, what are you saying? What are you saying? And she, yeah, um, she died. Yeah. So, what? She died in in the night with with yeah, the other, in the night. other siblings. They'd all with been her? there with her. And oh, Mark. there's that thing, isn't there, that people say quite a lot. Sometimes people wait for people yeah. to not be there. Yeah. Well, we've said that so many times on the show. Like, I can't. There's so many episodes of someone saying I was there all the time. I was there all the time, and, and I, I just, went. I just left. And I, the mo, like, and I think, I think now as a parent, that you can understand that. Of course, you. You can, can understand. Going, I don't want you to see this. Yeah. You don't have to deal with this. Like, I totally understand that. And whereas before, I had a child. I think I might have been like, oh, you know, that doesn't make sense. But now yeah. you go, yeah, you just want to protect them. Of course you do. And she must have, if you'd been caring for her, she must have just wanted so much for you to just have a weekend off and have a nice time. And and I just think she knew yeah. that, that was it. And then, you know, why why sit here and watch me die when you can just, you know, have a break from it all? It was just that one last moment she said, I can know. you stay a few more minutes? And that stayed with me. Of course. Of course it has. Of course yeah. it has. Of course it has. But, you know... It, you could have stayed a few more minutes and it still could have happened. Yeah, like, no, and it would have done, obviously. It's just yeah. funny how things... 
Stay with you. That's not at all funny, is it? No, it I doesn't always some... have to be hilarious. Well, um, and then I tripped over, uh, <laughs> fell into so a ventilator. So how old were you then? So I just turned 20. You just turned 20. Fucking hell. And, um, yeah, and then the dark years began. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, you must have just felt like, what the fuck is going on with my world? Like, how do you how do you hit your 20s with... You know, you become an orphan, as yeah. isn't really the right phrase, but it's the only language we have for it. And all everyone around you is like, hey, I'm going to start my life. Like, how did you feel? Uh, I I didn't feel an awful lot because I drank a lot. Oh, really? And that was very helpful in terms of not feeling things. <laughs> it, does, it does do that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I was a mess. Mm. I don't think I've ever stopped being, you know, <laughs> a mess completely. No, you're def- yeah, yeah, you don't seem like a mess now. That um, sounds like it would have been a, a It was dark a very time. dark time, really dark time. I mean, I'm, I'm so lucky I had and have still, you know, almost all of these people in my life, friends mm. who, were, who were just amazing. Because my family, like my siblings and I, we've never really got on right, as, a, yeah. as a unit. And it's yeah. not like there's it's kind of three against one or whatever, but, you know, they've always, always been problems and, yeah. and disagreements and so we've never been there for each other in, in that respect but I've, I've always tough, had yeah. so many friends who, who have been there and you know who are my family really yeah yeah um and they're people that are still in my life now and they've so many people have seen me through it mm. and helped me through it you know and you're right you're hitting so you you turn 20 Life should be beginning. Yeah, that's the moment. That's the moment of like, here we go. Let's I'm an adult. Soar off from can, the yeah, cliff. Yeah, I can make my choices. I can do what I like. And so I. Yeah. So the other thing that happened. This can sound really sob storyish, but it, it, and it's. I I couldn't live in the family home. Of course, yeah. Um, and so I kind of and because I hadn't been working since I left college. Yeah. I didn't have a job or anything, so I kind of didn't have any money or a home overnight, sort of. Wow. And ended up kind of staying on people's. Um, safers and things yeah. and then I had my um, anasereblis of uh, cleaning the basement floor of a factory for a year wow. um, at six in the morning till five in the evening that was an amazing year and when I look back actually <laughs> when, I mean you choose a job that means you can't think yeah you, know? you can't sleep you can't think it's yeah. you're not going to be a normal person in society you find stuff that's going to and that's what I did yeah. in a big way and now, thinking about Lee and Dean, you know, actually, yeah. probably some of the characters I met oh, yeah. just during that year yeah. have sort of made it in. <laughs> I, that makes, having been in the world of Lee and Dean, even before I was in it and I just watched it, I understand those characters a bit more, knowing that that's what you did. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's, you have to have gone to the depths of where people are existing and people are existing there like, yeah they absolutely are. and thriving as yeah, well yeah yeah having their own little world but it's a it's an odd world it's a strange world if if you know if up until that point you've been doing performing arts at college yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um, spending a lot of time in hospitals or boxes or burying skateboards yeah um yeah it's not the natural progression the path that i was expecting so you're working this <clears> job for a year yeah for a year and then i started doing loads of amdram and um, and I met loads of friends through that, and I ended up teaching through that as well. Through kind of did that kind of save you? Did you feel yeah. like it gave you a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel? Oh, absolutely! Is that how you crawled out of that hole? Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think Amdram played a huge part in it, and 
and then I kind of went into teaching sort of yeah. by accident yeah through Amdram and and then it's through teaching kind of inadvertently that I met my wife Jen and and we got together and had our children and then yeah. and then you know we were saying earlier kind of you know you, you sort of put these things away in a cupboard yeah and, yeah um one of the things I found and it sounds like you've found it as well is that you kind of get to this point of right. I'm a, I am a grown up now. I know I'm yeah. fifteen, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a grown up, you know, and I'm existing in a grown up world, doing grown up things. And look, one of these grown up things is having kids mm. and being a dad. I'm a parent. Yeah, I'm an actual parent. And then looking at them and thinking, oh my, that you know, mm. I was a kid yeah. when I lost. I know. My did, parent and kind I, of reliving it. Yeah. And did you find because that was the first time I really felt I had it with. A, as I got older, looking at fifteen-year-olds and understanding what I was, because yeah. I think when you're when you're still fifteen, when you're you know thirty, but you're still fifteen, you're like, no, I was old, I was a grown-up, I was a grown-up, I was a mature person, I was actually very mature for my age. And then when you yeah have a kid and you start looking at children in a completely different way of like, oh, they're tiny, mm. and then you, I felt really sad for myself. I felt really like, oh, I was a tiny baby. Why was I trying to act like? I was fine. Why didn't I break down in front of everyone and say, I this is awful. Please help me. And why do I not? forgive myself yeah now i know i know for sort of being that way and for still feeling that way yeah yeah i definitely felt like i had to be strong Mm. and i was like how again it's like that acting thing i was like how can i make it look like i'm fine and i would watch people and think right that or i'd say something in a different way and they wouldn't ask another question i think oh they really think i'm fine that's good that one worked like yeah the mask yeah just like testing it and and now, you know, you look at 15-year-olds and think, it'd be fine for you to go, oh, I'm shit, it's awful. You'd be like, of course you are. Your parents just died. <laughs> That's awful. And you're 15. And you're 15. That's you, fucking You don't know shit. who or what you are yeah. yet. And you won't for a long time and maybe you never will. Yeah. Yeah. And it's what well, someone said to me, which I, I'm still getting my head around, that you have to, when, you've lose, when you lose them young, you have to keep grieving them because you change. So you have to grieve them as a 25-year-old. You have to grieve them as a 30-year-old. You have to grieve them as a parent. Like, because your relationship with them is changing. So most people who, you know, their parents are still alive, they'd be like, oh, you know, my relationship with my dad's really changed and I see him now as this person. Mm. Whereas we're having to do that and go, I see him now as this person and he's still dead. Yeah. <laughs> and so I can't talk to him about what that means. And I then have to process that slightly. And I think, I don't want it to sound like, oh, you grieve forever, but it, it, it just sort of has to adapt and you have to still reproface it, which I think makes sense it makes total sense they exist don't there's that relationship yeah, in your yeah. head um do you because i quite often hear my dad's voice in me when oh, i'm talking to my kids yeah yeah yeah. so when i'm kind of shouting up the stairs i'll suddenly kind of be taken <laughs> aback by almost the echo of my yeah. dad you see know? i don't but my brother does so he does he, he listens now he's only just started listening hi hi how are you <laughs> hi how are you um because I guess because of the sound of my voice. But when he says stuff, because it's a man's voice, mm. I am like frozen. He, we, we were, I was with him at Christmas and he said a phrase, which I don't think he realised was like a dad phrase. Like, come on, chillywinks, in you get. Oh. And I was like, Ugh! like I was suddenly like six years old. And I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah, the tone of that voice is, yeah. is scary. And I, I definitely see and hear my dad in my son. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. And one of, and Jen says it's going to get me beaten up at some point, but one (laughs) thing that I I think I've inherited from my dad is 
I can't stand kind of any sort of injustice. Yeah, yeah. If I see something happening in the street, you know, I, I will kind and of get involved. Get involved, yeah. even though you know they will pulverize me. <laughs> um, but I do, and my son has got that as well. Oh wow! And you know, I know it's just like it's quite a. It, yeah, it's yeah. not like a rare trait for a human being to no, have. No, it is. Most people will be like, "I'm all right. You guys sort it out." <laughs> but he does stand up for Aww. things and people, and he hates injustice. I mean, it, it, he hates injustice to the point that. At one point last year, he did scream at us, and word for word, he screamed, nobody in this house respects my Lego. (laughs) I mean, he's probably right, right? You don't respect it in the way that he feels it should be respected, perhaps. I I just don't feel I have the connection with it that he has. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, my brother has um, two sons, and... The oldest one really weirdly, I might have said this before, he's half Japanese and he weirdly looks like my dad. That's weird when you're like, it's like a Japanese version of my dad. I think it's because my dad had brown eyes and no one, like my me, my mum, my brother, we don't. So there's like, you don't sort of see that instantly. But my nephew has brown eyes and dark hair, like exactly like my dad. My dad did not look Japanese, he was a dark Welshman. So it's a very strange thing to like look at this like, um, you know, British Japanese child and be like, wow. That's the Japanese version of my dad. <laughs> nice little little echoes of them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, massive echoes. Massive. And I, I find that really comforting when you see it in do. the kids. Yeah. Because it's something about not being it's just a nice it's the soft side of it, isn't it? Of all the grief. Of like, oh yeah, they were nice. They were like a lovely parent and here it is reflected in that in that situation. Yeah. Did you go to counselling at all? Or did you just am yeah, counselling? <laughs> no, I did, I did all that. Well, after the clock radio incident, right. I decided um, <laughs> perhaps I should talk to someone. <coughs> and I went to this weird... I've, been, yeah, I've done all the counselling. Oh, really? I've done the therapies. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't really trust people who don't do therapy. I do think everyone would benefit from it. Like, yeah. Even if you're not in the trauma club, I'd be like... There's stuff you could just Everyone's learn about yourself. Everyone's got stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and the first lot of counselling I went to, it had, a, it had a name that I can't remember, but the thing that was weird about it was, and this totally played into my need for an audience, um, is that it, would, it was me and the counsellor kind of sitting opposite each other, yeah. and we would have the session, and at the other end of the room would be three or four other counsellors no. just sitting and listening. Observing. And about two or three times during the session, my counsellor would go, okay, let's pause there. And she'd turn to them, and they would talk about what they'd just heard as if we weren't there. What? That's so weird. Yeah, it sounds weird, but it was great. Were they on training or was it no, no the counselling was, was like you have a, other counsellors? It was like a special it was like form a of podcast documentary about counselling yes, happening live. With no audience or recording equipment. Wow. Um it was it sounds really odd, but it was it was sort of lovely because yeah. you would say so you would you know, you'd get the thing of being able to talk about what you want to talk about and having that person sort of challenge you or yeah, you know, yeah. kind of draw different things out or ask you to say more about this. And then you'd just get these other people's reflections on what yeah. they just heard, you know. Um, wow, that so sounds so intense. It was, but it was, even though originally when I walked in the room, I thought, you know, there were hidden cameras somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is your counselling, Mark. <laughs> sure, babes, just sign this form here. Just got a little bit of makeup on before you go in, no is reason. That, is that the late Jeremy Beadle? <laughs> um, oh, my God. But it was really good, yeah, really, really good. Are you still having it? Are you still, or are you having a break? I'm having a, I'm having a, a break at the moment because when I'm, I'm sort of fine when I'm really busy. 
Dave, you find that? <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's why uh, my life is so fucking so busy. busy. Yeah, my... Well, don't stop, don't think. My therapist has been talking to me about that as well. <laughs> why do you need to fill your life with so many things? It's like... So I don't think about think, the things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that I know a lot of um, people and performers who definitely are addicted to being busy. Yeah. So we've given up smoking, we've given up drinking, and now it's like, look how busy I am. Mm, I feel so good. I'm so busy. I don't have to think about anything. I'm so tired all the time. No one can speak to me. No one can ever really ask me a proper question. Yes, I'm stressed. Yeah, I'm stressed. You'd I'm be so stressed, stressed if you were this busy. Yeah, you're so stressful. And then, like my cancer, my therapist is always like, well, you know, why did you say yes to those things? Did you enjoy the? Or it's like. No, I didn't enjoy any of them. Or, like, they were all very annoying and I didn't really need to do them. Uh, I'll tell you what I wasn't doing. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, I wasn't thinking. There was so. no dwelling. There was no dwelling, mate. So who's the loser now? Yeah, yeah. sussed. Yeah. So, how, so you feel now, how do you feel with the success of Lee and Dean? Does that, is that a bit hard sometimes? Yeah. Yeah, that they yeah, didn't see it. it. Yeah, I th- yeah, I wish I could share it with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like your dad especially would have enjoyed that sense of humour I think so yeah and he was always very because I'd started doing um, drama at school and things before he died yeah um, and was really into it and he was really very supportive so I think he'd have I think he'd have liked it yeah a lot um, I'm sure my mum would as well you know even though I kind of lived with mum for another four and a half yeah. years my memories of her <coughs> are much hazier Wow. Than my memories of my dad. Mm. So whenever I'm talking about them, I tend to sort of talk more about dad just because he's more real. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, you know, mum kind of feels just fuzzier, yeah. just not quite. But tangible. I wonder if that's the shock of the first grief because yeah. that was the first one. It's all frozen there. And then after that, because some people, you know, after one parent dies, would go, oh, I don't really remember the next four years. Yeah. You then have to also process the other parent dying. That's it's a lot. probably no surprise, is it? But um, <laughs> I do. I do. One of the things that makes me most sad is not being able to uh, introduce them to the kids yeah. and to Jen. Yeah, yeah, that is the. That's the thing, isn't it? All this work you're doing, you one is doing the drive for all this stuff. And actually, it's not. That's not the bit you really care about. No. It's being able to go, oh, look, look, I made a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really hard. Do you talk about it with your kids? Yeah, I do. And they, they, they show a passing interest. Oh, that's nice. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, as much as, you know, because it's yeah. not Fortnite on the Xbox, you know. So, no, they are they're lovely about it. And they do like to talk about them. And I show them pictures all the time and, and talk about different things that we did. I think they're... You know, for them, they've never, they didn't lose them. Yeah, they've just they never, never been there. there. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's they, don't, different. they don't have that. And I, I feel like they are kind of there in the background in their lives. Yeah. You know, they're aware of sort of who they've come from, where yeah. they've come from. And also, we've um, made sure that they've got uh, their names in their middle names so that they're saddled with them forever. Oh, that's nice. You know? Even though it means my son's got about 18 middle names. He's named after a lot of dead relatives (laughs) on both sides. No props. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) And I will pay for your therapist when that comes up. And and indeed, any lettering on any official stationery (laughs) or, uh, I don't know, know, you wouldn't have official stationery made. No, but the forms you have to fill in. Well, Mark, thank you so much for coming to talk to me about John and Anne. Thank you. 
You can follow Mark on Twitter at I'm Mark O'Sullivan and you can watch the first series of Lee and Dean online on the um, All Four website and the second series is due to come out very soon. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast or you can email thegriefcast at gmail.com. Music was provided by The Glue Ensemble and the show was edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios. And remember, you are not alone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.